0: He is a former St. Louis County Police Department officer serving in the Tactical Operations Unit as an undercover narcotics and also homicide detective. He's here to talk about the mystery surrounding the murder of Wellston Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. download our free app i stopped buying business cards first they're a hassle second they didn't give my contacts any of my online digital assets most importantly i found a less expensive more efficient easy to use option get more details online at letpops.com All of your important information transferred just by clicking your phones together. Get more details online at L-E-T-P-O-P-S dot com. That's L-E-T-P-O-P-S dot com. Calling us from Florida, we have a repeat return guest, Ken Dye. Ken is a former St. Louis County police officer. He worked in narcotics. He was also a homicide detective. He's an author of five books, and you can get more information. Just do a Google search for Ken Die. That's D Y E books. And last time you were here, Ken, you he talked about the Bi-State Strangler, correct?
1: Yes, that's right, Jay. It's
0: a pleasure to have you back here. And we're going to talk about a case that is a mystery, but not really. We're talking about the murder of Wellston, Missouri, police sergeant Jesse Henderson. He was killed October 1st, 1981. Am I correct on that one?
1: That's correct. Yeah, November 1st, I'm sorry, October 1st,
0: 1981. That's a long time ago. The funny thing is, Ken, I was trying to do some research and looking up Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson and is like zero information. If it wasn't for odmp.org, there'd be nothing online about him, and it is a real mystery. So I'm really glad you're here to talk about the case, your investigation of it, and what you know of Sergeant Henderson.
1: Uh, sure. Uh, Sergeant Henderson was a 23-year 20, member of the Wellston Police Department. It's a small department in a, in a city just uh, west of, the, of St. Louis, uh, within the confines of St. Louis County. And it's a, uh, it's a city that was once a prosperous um, town, but had fallen on hard times and now is ruled by crime and drugs. Uh, Sergeant henderson on on the morning that he met his death was uh driving down the street about two in the morning and he saw some activity saw these two knuckleheads climbing up a makeshift ladder to uh, break into a small store and um, Sergeant Henderson was driving down the street without his lights and he saw these two guys trying to get into the store and he angled his car in the um, in the street, and there was a person on the other side of the street, and Henderson opened up his door and got out of his car, and he says, Hey, come here, guys. There were two guys that he knew. Of course, you know, cops that work the area always know the, the bad folks in there. And um, Mark, who was high on PCP, uh, involved in a, in a felony burglary, Walked up to uh, Sergeant Henderson and said, "Hey, Jesse." He turned. The sergeant turned around and fired one shot right in his heart, and uh, Sergeant Henderson fell to the pavement. Yeah, I think he was dead before he hit the ground. He had two bucks in his pocket, and from there, uh, the case the case began. Uh, I got a call about two two thirty in the morning. And said, Get your butt to Wilson. There's a Wilson police officer been shot. And they want county homicide to handle it. So I said, Yes. So I jumped into some clothes and uh, combed my hair and took off. And um, when I got to the scene, I noticed the, well, the, our, our uh, crime scene investigators had gotten there and there were, were the area where he was shot was uh, taped off about a block each way, and um, so we started started our investigation at that point. The Wellston police officers had locked up, uh, well, they'd arrested two guys uh, that were involved in this, and one was a juvenile, one was an adult. By an adult, I mean he was 18, and uh, the other was uh, like 16, 15, 16. And um, we were interviewing these guys at the uh, Wilson Police Department, and then the rumors started, oh, the cops broke their legs, the cops got a gun to their head. Yeah,
0: yeah. we well, hear all that all the time. And you and I both know, I want to address that really quick. Nobody wants to be the cause of a case being thrown out, especially one involving someone who murdered a police officer or a police sergeant. No one wants to be that guy, ever.
1: Amen. That is very true, and I, I don't.
0: i don't, I know where this comes from. This comes from Hollywood. We have a job to do, and as difficult as it is, fortunately, in my career, I never had to handle an officer who was killed. I had a good friend who was killed in the line of duty. Shortly after I transferred to another district, I'm still bothered by that, Ken. But I was never on scene for one. Yes, you do want to take uh, revenge. You do want to. Ex- to extract some street justice you do want to do all those things but no one wants to jeopardize the case so you don't do it
1: no you don't you, these these people were treated with kid gloves they were given to mirandas all that business but before i could even get my miranda card out of the wallet both of these guys are trying to explain to you why they couldn't have been involved in this and, and their stories just kept getting more outrageous and ridiculous but at any rate uh there's a little sidebar here one of the uh, kid's fathers came to the to the police station, and he's he was concerned about his son, as he should be. And he said, uh, "Is my son all right?" I said, "Just a minute." And I brought I brought the kid out, and I said, "You want to tell your dad how you're being treated?" His dad, I'm nobody's hitting me or anything, and and that seemed to kind of put the quash on it. But you know, you know what, Jay, in in the situations like this the rumors and and everything just takes a mind of its own and it just is is amplified and and made more ridiculous as the as the day goes on and you know that we were breaking his legs and beating them up and had a gun to their head and all that stuff it was totally not true
0: it usually is not true Uh, look to be totally honest there have been a few cases where People have done things that have been extreme, but they are very much in the minority. We're talking about thousands and thousands of serious, high crime, high profile, high political cases like this one, and very few. Maybe I can count on one hand and have a finger or two left over where we had incidents of bad behavior by the police.
1: Yes, well, that 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 occurs from time to time, and and there's uh, there's laws and. Um, department policy to address that
0: how old was sergeant jesse henderson when he was killed
1: he was uh 49
0: that's a very young man and uh, as i said earlier i'd never had to respond to a call uh, of an officer killed many that were injured many that had been in brawls or shootings all that stuff it's high adrenaline nerve-wracking and and must have been for you a very emotionally upsetting and difficult experience
1: was and um, you know you, here's a uniformed police officer been been with the police department 23 years had a wife a family he has a son that was a lieutenant in the St. Louis uh, Police Department a, a good man by all standards and, and unfortunately
0: uh, he was taken from his way too young we're talking with Ken Die and we have so much more to talk about the murder of Wellston Missouri Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson this is a law enforcement today show don't go anywhere it gets really, really disturbing. We'll be right back. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles that is our facebook page law enforcement today radio show be sure to click like and follow we'll see you there return conversation with ken die he is a repeat guest on the law enforcement today show something doesn't happen very often he's a former st louis county police department police officer, serving in the Tactical Operations Unit, also an undercover narcotics detective and a homicide detective. He's the author of five books. Do a search online for Ken Die. that's D-Y-E, books, and you'll be able to find them. We're talking about the murder of Wellston, Missouri, Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson. Happened October 1st, 1981. You're lead detective on this.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: And before we're the break, we're talking about having to respond to a call with an officer being killed. I'll be honest with you, Ken, I've never had to go through that, and I'm, I'm grateful I never had to go through that. It, police work was hard enough without having to deal with that. That must have been a, a tremendous amount of pressure for you.
1: Well, yes, it's a lot of pressure. It was a police officer. It was a, a stone-cold murder, and it was a real whodunit. Uh, we didn't have any idea. We knew what happened. We didn't know uh, who happened it, you know. And so um, it was a lengthy, exhaustive, and thorough investigation. And uh, we identified the shooter. And um, it, it's kind of interesting how he was uh, uh, identified. The two the two knuckleheads that were burglarizing this thing finally turned. They they offered a confession and told us and just laid out what happened, and one of the guys, the juvenile, was packed off to um, the um, juvenile facility in Boonville, Missouri, about in the middle of the state, and uh, we got a court order to go up and talk to this guy, and um, when I went to to pick him up and bring him back to the grand jury to testify, he was in there, he got a haircut, glasses, uh, cleaned up. And um, his manners were were quite good. So, so a lot of times these kids that are just street kids, you know, wondering where they're going to sleep, where they're going to eat, and they're committed to state uh, custody, and they, they really get squared away. But then once they're released, they go right back to the environment from which they came and return to their old ways. But anyway, uh, we brought him back to testify in front of the grand jury about the shooter, and... Um, uh, this guy's name was so he was he was testifying about how how it occurred, how it went down, all this business, and um, there was some gal from uh, you know one of the more wealthy areas in St. Louis said, uh, "You didn't actually see Mister pull the trigger, did you?" And uh, as only a street kid could say, he says, "I seen the fire jump from the gun." And that's all it needed. Boom! He got indicted, and I had to track his down, and uh, we found him um, hiding in uh, in a city someplace, just really low key. So uh, we um,
0: he we didn't run him up. away. He didn't go to a different jurisdiction. He stayed low profile in the area.
1: Yes, he stayed low profile in the area. He thought he he, he thought he had this thing beat, and but he was laying low, and he was still uh, plying his trade. He was a he was a killer and a drug dealer, and he, he just, he's the coldest man I've ever seen, you know. His, his activities cast a shadow on his soul and made his heart black. He, he was just a cold son of a gun. He'd look at you, and you, his eyes would run right through you. Yeah,
0: I remember uh, meeting some people like that. and You know, the, the truth all? is, can, can that the vast majority of encounters even when you arrest people in police work is not adversarial it's not bad and sometimes it's actually friendly it's they know the rules of the game and most people if it wasn't for drugs or alcohol they wouldn't be in where they're at or they had five bad of their life made a bad decision but there is a small percentage that are hardcore career violent criminals and that's what this guy sounds like
1: that's exactly what he is and um As fate would have it, I was I was transferred to the intelligence unit as a deputy commander, and um, the special prosecutor who was appointed by the uh, prosecuting attorney refused to move forward with the case. And uh, even though he was indicted, he wasn't. He was indicted. He was he was indicted. We tracked him down, got him locked up, got him in uh, pretrial confinement, and through the course of events. I was transferred to uh, the intelligence unit, and uh, the uh, special prosecutor uh, wouldn't move forward with this, and uh, this this uh, career criminal, this killer, was released uh, from custody, and from there he went to St. Joseph, Michigan, where he um, was uh, once again plying his trade, and he got jammed up over there, and he got 40 years in the... Uh, michigan department of corrections and i kept following this guy and uh it said his parole date was uh 2034 and um i even called the department of corrections in the traverse city area and asked him if they had this guy in custody and they said yeah i says be careful with him he's a cop killer and um so 20 fast forward about 20 years i'm sitting down here and sunny Florida and I got up and something told me in the back of my mind you know whoever maybe God and he said uh, check St. Louis today so I went on my computer and I checked St. Louis today and it said sentence to 50 years uh, federal time for possession sale of heroin possession of a gun I mean how many bites at the apple does this guy get
0: Some people I met in my career, Ken, had 30, 40 priors, 10 convictions. And you you know what? They should never be on the street. I'll I'll interrupt real quick. There was a guy I arrested, I believe it was 1984, with a Colt Python three fifty seven Magnum. And it was a a handgun, and a guy, a drug dealer said, hey, this guy's come down here to try to, to shoot somebody. I found him, locked him up. He tried to pull the gun out. Me and another officer got him. Not a big deal. He's arrested. He got convicted to a year and never served it. A little less than a year later, he shot and killed a Baltimore police officer named Vincent Adolfo in a stolen car. And he had multiple convictions. He was the second to last man executed in the state of Maryland. And he had multiple convictions, multiple priors, multiple uh, incarcerations. By the time he's in his 30s, he's a stone cold police killer.
1: Exactly. And Jay, that's why we have prison. Some of these people just need to be locked away from society.
0: I've said that to people so many times. People ask me my opinion on gun control. I say, hey, how about we start with criminal control? How about we start with violent career criminals that you cannot rehabilitate? Why don't we lock them up? And I got a really brilliant idea. Let's keep them behind bars where they can't <laughs> hurt anybody else. We're talking with Ken Die. This is a Law Enforcement Today show. We're going to talk more about the murder investigation, the murder of Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson from Wellston Police Department in Missouri. Want to win great prizes in awesome contests? Who wouldn't want that? It's easy. Just sign up and subscribe for the Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. We won't spam you. No more than two emails a week. I promise. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign-up area. That's letradioshow.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John, the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at L-E-T Radio Show. That's John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. Everyone's welcome at the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page, where you'll find fun, informative, and enjoyable posts daily. Purebred, mixed breeds, rescues, we love them all. Be sure to like the Pet Rescue Life Facebook page. This is the Law Enforcement Today show, Return a conversation with Ken Dye. Ken is a former St. Louis County police detective. He was a homicide detective, he worked narcotics, he was part of the tech operations unit. He did that for many, many years. He's also the author of five books. Go online, do a search for Ken Dye Books, As D-Y-E. Last time Ken was on a show we talked about his book, An Investigation of the Bi-State Strangler. We're talking about the murder of Wellston, Missouri Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson. This happened October 1981. And I did a little snooping beforehand. Wellston is the west of St. Louis in St. Louis County, and you were a homicide detective. And the county got the call to show up, and you're the lead investigator on this.
1: That's right, Jay. I was uh, I was a lead detective on uh, on this incident, and we uh, started from nothing, and then uh, we had about fifty detectives from St. Louis County. There and um, on the first afternoon, after we get everything kind of mapped out, we mapped out where we wanted to conduct interviews in a two block area. And uh, fortunately, with a large department like that, you can flood the area with uh, detectives. And uh, since this was the murder of a police officer, everybody was, you know, real, real anxious to to get going oh, we
0: did so, some serious shaking of the bushes we'd call it and you know we area
1: did of we canvas, you talked to everybody, and uh, we came up with some information we came up with two or three semi decent pieces of information and then we put them all together and then we had um, the the two uh, the juvenile and the young adult not the shooter we had them in custody And we had them in separate rooms, and their stories just kept getting crazier and crazier. One guy said, well, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I got up to wash my tennis shoes. What kind of baloney is that? And uh, I'm sure you've heard the same kind of silliness. And then uh, the other guy was telling just outlandish stories, and I just said, hey, look, you can either be a witness or you can be a defendant, And I had a a prosecuting attorney with me, and he said, that's right. And so the juvenile, he kind of laid everything out for us, and then we went and interviewed the other... Were they arrested at the scene? Uh, Yeah, they were arrested at the scene right after it occurred by uh, officers from the Wellston Police Department. Then they went to Wellston, and then we took them back to our headquarters, and where we wanted to get uh one of the
0: things i think that people need to understand is this is before the advent of all the surveillance video cameras so you didn't have video where you can say oh let's check and see who did it you have to go by what we call old gumshoe police work get to talk to people
1: that's right jay it was a it was a shoe leather case there, there was, there was no DNA. There was no uh, cameras. There was uh, reluctant witnesses. You know, at two o'clock in the morning, I'm in an alley talking to two or three knuckleheads. Uh, you know, trying to put this thing together. But, but we did, and it was, it was long, and it was tough, and it was challenging, and it was rewarding when we uh, were able to indict uh, the shooter for this and I get to go put the cuffs on him and he uh, cooled his heels in the county jail for about two years. The the the, sad uh, part
0: about that is that, I mean the indictment is important, I get that, I really understand that part, but the frustration level for you where the prosecutor wouldn't try them, wouldn't take it to court, even with all this evidence, must have been extremely frustrating for you.
1: Of course it's frustrating. I was in the intelligence unit at the time and. Somebody called me and told me that, and I said, holy cow. So I I left um, the uh, intelligence office and walked over to the prosecutor's office to walk into this guy's office and said, come on, let 12 people tried and true make that decision, not not you just administratively doing that. He said, no, Ken, I'm not going to take it to trial. And I pointed out uh, what what we had and the, the the two main things were these guys, the the two witnesses that were were not charged, but they were culpable. They um, they laid it out step by step, being interviewed separately, so they couldn't get together and concoct a story. So, you know, that's the best we had, and uh, I was. Pretty proud of it, and and uh, and kind of relieved after we got this guy off the street. And um, I've had a lot of my non-cop friends say, "If only you could have better witnesses."
0: Yeah, well, if only you had just, better evidence. Yeah,
1: well, all that,
0: well, Sure, you you get the evidence that's at the case at the scene. You can't create evidence. You don't create the case you want. You got to go with the case is presented, and the case of. Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson being murdered. First of all, I, I don't understand. Because I've never been on scene in one of these. You know, Hollywood have you believe that you have the, the crime scene tape, which is important. You you don't allow people in there to disturb the crime scene, which is important. But they'll have the chalk outline and all that stuff. And I think in this case the way Hollywood presents these murder investigations does a great disservice, especially nowadays. DNA, fingerprints, surveillance video. If you don't have all that stuff, you're going to have a not guilty.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true, Jay. That's that's very true. And, you know, there's a, there's a saying among homicide detectives, you don't pick your cases and you don't pick your evidence.
0: Right, exactly right. <laughs> and you go with where the evidence takes you. Like, you, you don't create a scenario in your mind and then create the evidence to to justify it it's the other way around
1: no that's right you got to go with what you got and you got to put a case together and you got to put it together under trying uh, situations you know the chief of detectives was banging me all the time hey ken what's going on with this thing let's clean this up you know this is a dead police i, I know chief just a minute i'm i'm working on it i know you aren't keep going keep going yeah but then you and, had the uh, conversation with <laughs> you the know, district well, attorney
0: and he wouldn't try the case. No, I he wouldn't. He, he wouldn't. And I, Did he say why?
1: He said it, he didn't have enough. I said, you've had two years to look at this damn thing. And now you decide not to? Come you have on. two
0: witnesses. They were co suspects that were given a deal. But they are yes. two witnesses nonetheless. And a witness testimony is direct evidence. Exactly. People seem to think, well, fingerprints, DNA is direct evidence. It is. When someone says, "I saw so and so do such and such," that is direct evidence, and the jury is the one who decides whether that witness testifying is believable or not.
1: And and I I, I got to tell you, Jay, I think these two guys would have been believable. Now they would have to have been coached and informed. You know, just answer the question. Don't elaborate. If you can, just give them a yes or a no and and stuff like that. But they, they could have been good, real good witnesses. I, to this day, I don't know why that guy didn't take it. I wish they would have.
0: I've heard of some very rare cases where a police officer's been shot and a suspect's been identified and he was indicted and there was warrants issued, and he never was brought to trial, even though they had the opportunity. I believe one was in Columbus, Ohio, last Mm -hmm. name Cooper. This is probably the first case I've heard of, and I know there are others, where a a suspect was indicted for the murder of police officer and had the opportunity to be brought to trial, and a state's attorney, district attorney, whatever lingo you use, wherever you are in the United States, makes a decision based on their judgment And usually there's influence from above them that they're not going to try it. We're going to talk more about this in a few moments. We're talking with Ken Dye. He's author of five books, he's also a former St. Louis County police detective, homicide detective. We're talking about the murder of Wellston, Missouri police sergeant Jesse Henderson. This is a Law Enforcement Today show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. One of the most frequent questions we see is, where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on law enforcement today. That's right, you can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find a Law Enforcement Today podcast network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. the Law Enforcement Day Show, return conversation with Ken Dye. Ken is a former St. Louis County, Missouri, a homicide detective. He worked undercover narcotics as part of the Tactical Operations Unit, and he's also the author of five books. Do a Google search for Ken Dye, D-Y-E books. You can find all of them on Amazon. We're talking about the October 1st, 1981, murder of Wellston, Missouri, Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson uh, you were lead detective on that case. And what's really troublesome about this case, you had two co-defendants for lack of better words that were given a deal. that were testifying that could put the gun in the shooter's hand, the shooter's indicted and went to the state's attorney and they said, no, we're not prosecuting him."
1: That's correct. And it, uh, it bothered me then. It bothers me today. It, uh, I, I keep track of this guy, and, you know, there's not a day goes by that I don't think about it. I can I can remember sitting at the table of uh, this sergeant's widow in Florissant, Missouri, explaining to her what we did, and, and, you know, she was a bit beside herself. And then occasionally I'll go to Officer Down Memorial page just to say hello to Jesse, and I saw that there were some uh, messages there from his daughters and i i emailed them and they said "Well, how'd you get my name I said, well i stopped by say hello to your dad and i saw your name and uh i just threw it out there and then i had some conversation with them and i i straightened it out for them because they 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 were thinking something else and i said no i'm telling you your dad was killed by a heartless, soulless thug who was whacked out on PCP and shot your dad in cold blood. And uh, it, it bothers me. It bothered me then. It bothers me today. I, I, there's not a day goes by that I don't I don't think about that guy. And you always play what if, Jay? Yeah. You always say, what What could I have done more? What 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 I I know there's something I could have done. Uh, but I didn't do it, and you kind of blame yourself, you know, to the to a certain extent. You know, let it eat you alive. Of by the way, that's natural.
0: It's part of the learning process. Every time we had a case, we said, "What could I have done better? What could I have been more professional about? What could I have done? Where did I screw up?" That's how you become a better cop. And the thing is, like trial preparation earlier, you talked about you get coached by the the defense attorney, not defense attorney, the the prosecuting attorney, which basically means, hey. Don't get mad. As a cop, what's the first thing they do? They they go after the cop. They try to get you mad. They try to make it personal. You blew it. You did a horrible job. (laughs) Or in the case of, I'm sure, Sergeant Henderson, they'll they'll try to cast aspersions on him. He was doing something he shouldn't be doing. That's why he was killed. Anybody else in the world did that, they'd be like, you can't blame the victim for what occurred. Oh, of
1: course not. Uh, but you've got, can't you got the, the job. Of, there seems to be a, a trend in that direction. Yeah.
0: But you got uh, the job of having to explain to his family afterwards. This is something else that a lot of people don't realize. The, the detectives involved and the family members of the murdered victims oftentimes meet multiple times, have multiple conversations, and it's always about a really difficult topic.
1: Yes, it is. It's it's difficult to discuss the death of a loved one, especially the murder of a good cop. You know, like you said, they're going to try and blame it on, he, Henderson must have been doing something wrong, or he was involved in some kind of corruption. Well, he wasn't. He was just a good, solid man, a good, solid cop. And he died on that street that fall morning with $2 in his pocket. Yeah. And it just ain't right, Jay.
0: And his family is left to hold the bag afterwards.
1: Sure, I'm. I'm sure they. They're traumatized. You know, they. They. They were, and you know, he has a, a very nice family. His, his sons and daughters are very nice people, and and I had the conversations we had with them were extremely tough. I, I guess is the only way to put it. You know, they're very polite. Very. Understanding and everything, but I, I, you know, damn it! I just if you, if there's something you if if I could have just done something, I don't know what it would have been, and I don't know what it would have been today. But it sure crosses your your, your memory. Yeah. Uh, sure. Well, they say
0: hindsight's twenty twenty, but even back then, you know, we didn't have DNA. We didn't have a, and people will say, well, what about fingerprints? I can tell you the amount of times you got a fingerprint off a gun. It's like next to impossible. You didn't have the ability to get DNA off of a gun because it didn't exist back then. You didn't have surveillance videos. You didn't have any of the things that we take for granted nowadays to solve cases. And you had to go with, and by the way, co-defendants are not choir boys. They're never going to be choir boys. They're going to have shady backgrounds. And that's for the jury to to decipher. and and settle, it's for this, the jury and a judge. I've had many well, arguments with state's attorneys about not trying cases. I can't imagine being civil in this one with this conversation.
1: Um, well, it, it was it was rather lively, shall we say?
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, for the sake of radio, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I, look, just I, I remember having conversations and and being livid Ken okay, saying to him, "Just do your job." If it gets found not guilty, you at least did your job. I did my job. Do your job.
1: Well, yes, I mean, you know that's not. You're not being unreasonable. They are. They're being unreasonable. Do your job. You know. Yeah, it's it's tough to prepare for a murder case. It's tough to prepare for any case. But that's what you get paid for. Let's go to work. Uh, and and offered to help him any way it could. I wrote a report that was about three uh, inches thick, and um, it had everything and everybody I talked to. And, you know, there it, it been about ten people just put in bits and pieces. We even went so far as to go down to the University of Mississippi and talk to uh, a witness down there. And it was... <laughs> It was a good case. It was a good case. You could take him to a jury and put on your best case, and if they found him not guilty, well... You did your best. You did your job. You did your best. Please tell
0: me there is some some karma, some street justice, somewhere along the way where the murderer got what he deserved.
1: Well, he he got what he deserved. He's he's still in jail uh, doing federal time. Uh, I've written to the president saying the previous president and saying don't let this guy out you know they they were talking about letting out these non-violent drug crimes explain to me a non-violent drug crime jay you can't well, a lot of
0: people that, exist. a lot of the people that got nailed on the drug crimes uh had really violent careers before that they weren't charged with tell us where people get more information about your books you have five to choose from
1: <laughs> well thanks jay uh, yeah, since I uh, since I left the police department, I I started writing in 2009, and my first book was uh, Shadow of the Arch, and then the second one was Beyond the Shadow of the Arch, and that was about a drug and murder gang in St. Louis that were they were called the Morris Science Temple of America. And then uh, the third, I was writing a fourth, a third book, and this Michael Brown incident occurred in Ferguson, Missouri. Everybody knows that one, right? And I and you know what I was seeing on TV and and hearing and all this baloney. I said that's not right. That, that, that's just not right. So I did a deep dive into it. Talked to a lot of people and and uh, what what everybody was saying actually was not right. Michael Brown didn't have to die. Is the name of my third book, and he didn't have to die because of his own actions. Right. Well, that's he, the thing. People uh, lose he, he sight killed of. himself.
0: Exactly. And by the way, just do a, a Google search for Ken Die Books. That's D-Y-E. And last time you are on the show, you talked about the Bi-State Strangler. Are you going to write a book about the murder and investigation of Police Sergeant Jesse Henderson?
1: You know, I've, I've had a lot of people ask me that. I just might. I don't know. We, we'll just have to see. Um, I, I have a blog called Cops Perspective, and uh, I was thinking doing one called The Best of Cops Perspective. And it talks about how cops are mistreated.
0: Ken, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. All very much appreciated.
1: Thank you, Jay. You're doing a great job. And uh, keep up the good work. And best to you and your family.
0: I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.